0: You are listening to the Ball Meadow State Podcast, where we have conversations about all things basketball with a South Carolina flavor. Let's get started and tip off this episode with your host, the head basketball coach at Westwood High School, John Combs.
1: Welcome to the Meadow State Podcast. I'm excited to have South Point head basketball coach and my good friend Melvin Watson on the show today. Melvin, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on today.
1: Melvin, I made a mistake when I first started. I should have said welcome to the podcast state championship basketball coach, Coach <laughs> Melvin Watson. How does that sound? Uh I was still trying to get used
0: to it. It just I'm still I'm still on Cloud Nine and you know, really happy and and proud of my kids and how hard they fought and just being able to get that state championship it just I can't really put it in the words still. So well, I'm still trying to get used to it.
1: Well, you know, and I know this had to be very special for you because you went to the state championship game, if I'm not mistaken, two times as a player and came up a little bit short.
0: Yes, that's correct. Well, I was uh, both of them in overtime. Uh, first one, I lost to Burns, and the second one, I lost to Greenville in double overtime.
1: And I, I, how Do you still think about those games?
0: Oh, yeah, I, I do. Um, when you think about it, you, you know, that's your first round of, of trying to compete for a championship. I, I think that's where it starts at the uh, high school level. The ultimate goal is to win the state championship. And being able to work as hard as you can and be some really good teams along the way to get there, just to come up short twice, it kind of it kind of haunts you a little bit, you know, going forward. You know, as a college player, you know, I was able to win an SEC championship, but was only able to get to the tournament championship once and then lost that once and then lost a prep school championship as well. So it's, it's just kind of like trying to break a curse kind of sort of, you know, if you want to put it in that terms, you just, you know, you lost two in high school, you lost a, state, uh, a prep school championship, and then, you know, you lost an SEC tournament championship, but you were able to win the conference championship.
1: So. Did, did you share any of those lessons with your team or tell them anything particular how to approach this particular game
0: yeah i mean um the one thing i share with them is just how hard it is just to get to that point um and when you get to that point you just can't get complacent it's, it's harder to win it once you come to the once you get to the pinnacle of, of just reaching that that point of playing games and playing in the state championship it's hard to win it because there's so much pressure and you're trying to play the perfect game. You're trying to call a perfect game and you just hope everything goes right. And the one thing I tell my kids is that, you know, you got to give yourself an opportunity because to win a state championship, it takes a little bit of luck along the way. you got to get some calls and you got to get uh, a few balls to go your way. And, you know, now and I, that's pretty much what happened for us this year. You know, we, we were able to pull out, some really close games, besides the state championship game, you know, we played AC Floor, who was a a, a well coached team. We played them, the two points at the last second, with two free throws to win it, and the same thing is in the state championship. You know, you just gotta you get you get lucky, you get you get some kids who can really make some play who make some plays for you, and it just gotta all come together.
1: Let's take you take me into your huddle. I think it was about four point one seconds to go in the game. You're up to. Hilton Head has the ball um, underneath your basket. They got to go to the length of the court. What did you tell your team? Well, I didn't want three to catch it. Uh, I think it was three. Uh, Will McCracken, I'm not mistaken. Yes, I, I,
0: I did not want him to catch it and be able to get off a good look. Um, you know, we talked earlier about me playing in the state championship as a player, playing against Greenville. We were same situation. Up three, they gotta go to full length of the court. Kid catches it on the run and hits a half court shot. Changes the whole game. We end up losing the game in double overtime. So it's kind of a a flashback of that moment. Just understanding who their best player is, make sure that he didn't get it, that somebody else had to take that shot. And you know, I thought my kids did a good job of um, initially stopping the play. And, and and making them have to throw it back to the big guy to have to take a shot a little bit beyond the half court line. So I, you know, during the four point second, I tell them, you know, I tell my kids, you know, make sure that number ten, uh, number three, doesn't catch it and do not foul. We really had to stress: do not foul if they shoot it over you and they make the shot. Then it was meant for them to win the game, but do not foul and, and do not let number three get a good look. So I thought my kids did a good job to executing that part of.
1: Well, you're you're being kind of humble with that because your team did a masterful job defensively on that last possession. Because he didn't, he didn't have a chance to get it. He had no opportunity, right. and they, you know, they really did not get a particularly good look. And I will give your team credit. Your team defense the whole entire game was was tremendous. And I thought Hilton Head was a really good basketball team. And that was they, like, were. they were they were exceptional. They were. I mean, I had not had a chance to see them. There's one difficult thing about COVID this year. Where we weren't able to get out to as many tournaments and see as many different teams or see teams over the summer, and that was my first time seeing them, and they were right. they were exceptional. I mean, I, it was a it was a really good game, and your end of the game defense um, was tremendous. But you know, your poise—I could see your poise on the sideline. I believe y'all were down by as much as eleven points in the game. When when you got down, what did you tell your team?
0: Oh, we've been here before. Uh, We've been down before, and we fought back, playing against better team. And I just reminded them of a the game that we didn't win, and we're actually down like 15 or 16 to Victory Christian out of North Carolina, very good team. Um, my team did a good job of fighting back at halftime, having it to a two point game, and having it to a two point game going into the fourth quarter against a, a caliber team like that. And you know, I just like you know, just telling them that we've been here before. We don't have an 11-point shot. Chip away at it. Let's execute. Try to get some easy basket, and we gotta defend. We gotta get stops. I thought that was key, and uh, I thought uh, the door was left open when you know Hilton Hill missed two free throws down the stretch too. I thought once he once we got that break, I, I, that was the chance to make a run at it, and, and the kids capitalized on on those opportunities.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, I heard a little Coach Fogler speak in there and talk about just chipping away <laughs> in it. And there's not 11 point shot. Uh, you know how right. how has he influenced? Uh, how does your experience with Coach Fogler influence you as a coach?
0: A uh, great deal. Um, you know, being under Coach Fogler and Lebo and Coop and Coach Callahan and Coach Raderball. You know, being under those guys and just. Just understanding how to play the point position and understanding what what team team ball means. That it takes all five guys to do their job. You don't you don't have to have one guy to take thirty shots to win a game. Um, and just understanding that every possession is important. Uh, a good shot, bad shot. You know how that went in practice. <laughs> so you know, just understanding those situations and and just being tough minded. You know, you know, basketball is a game of runs. They made a run to push it to 11. We, you know, I thought we had a couple of opportunities to make runs as well. So it wasn't—I I felt that it wasn't time to panic. But don't force it. Don't try to be a one-man show or try to be the guy to try to put everything on your shoulder because that would have uh, dug a bigger hole for us. And I thought the kids did a good job of just trying to execute and follow the game plan that we had adjust at halftime because I thought Hilton Head did a really good job against us offensively. and We were kind of stagnant a little bit trying to figure it out and then in the second half we made a few adjustments on our pick and roll that got some shots that some really clean looks that made them have to adjust defensively and we were allowed to go back to what we did normally all season. So, you know, Coach Fogler, I mean, that that part of it has a huge influence on on a situation like that, just understanding good shots and just being patient and chip away at it and being tough defensively.
1: I'm assuming you had a chance to talk to him after that game at some point.
0: Yes, I did after the state championship game, game 'cause Fuller and I talked and you know he congratulated me and and in the state championship and you know like I was like you said and I was telling him man Hand was really good and it didn't do any justice on film. We had a chance to see him against Hartsville. And, you know, watching them play hard still, I thought you just really couldn't tell how well coached they were and how good they were. So you got, got a chance to play against them. They came with a great game plan. They out-rebounded us by 18 or 19 points in that game. I thought we got killed on the board, but we were able to turn uh, get turnovers, which was the key in the game for us.
1: I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, Hilton Head was um – was exceptional they had a bunch of really good players and i, I frankly think your defense you know wore them down and, and caused them problems um do, do you yeah. feel like defense is your calling card of your team yes
0: yes i think i mean offensively we try to keep it really simple uh, we do a lot of pick and roll uh, the game goes into pick and roll I think the way that we coach our kids is how to read and react. I know a lot of coaches like to run offensive sets, but there's always an initial pass that you can take away, and that can make kids get stagnant and they don't know what to do next, and they kind of like lo- look lost a little bit. And that's the one thing I didn't want my kids out there doing. Uh, I want them to be able to read and react, and we call plays and get to get spacing. That's key. And what we what we try to do, and that's why we see a lot of zoning, because we're really good on the pick and roll action. And you know, um, I just I just believe that you know if you teach a kid how to – a defense will tell you exactly how to run your offense, but an an offense will take care of itself. But we have to be able to play defense. We we're a little bit undersized, uh, but we we're athletic, so we needed to play open court and speed the game up where my kids can. Can just play and react. And I have to think a lot.
1: This particular year was certainly different from so many reasons, but obviously number one was because of COVID and maybe the limited exposure we had with our kids when we were coaching them. How did you as a coach try to get your team together and, and keep them together during this crazy year?
0: Uh, that was really difficult. I think the, the biggest thing was uh, just the athletic trainers, uh, the parents. The kids just doing everything they were supposed to do as far as protocol to be able to give us time to jail and, and get some games in and play. Well now We we didn't get a whole lot of games in, but we got enough in to help us develop over the course of the season. I think um, when we had, I know I had to miss a couple of games because of contact tracing and, you know, the kids were still able to practice and be prepared for the, re- the start of the region. Um, but when we weren't able to practice, you know, Zoom calling and uh, FaceTiming each other, talking to each other, and the kids taking the initiative to go in the park if they had to and, and play outside if they needed to. So those type of things just kind of that that we did to, get, to just kind of keep the ball rolling in a in, in sense. Because a lot of schools, uh, you know, they, they missed out on a lot of practice time and games played, and, you know, unfortunately, we, we were able to, like I said, we were able to have good, good the parents to make sure that their kids did what they were supposed to do and be able to not be out as long as other schools.
1: I had the opportunity at, a, at the All-State Banquet to talk with your player, Quan Peterson, and when I mentioned your name, he lit up and said, that's my guy and I think you can tell that there's a there's a good relationship between you and him there. Talk a little bit about Quan and the season he had.
0: Oh, man, I, I can remember Quan used to come to our games when he was over at YPA, and, um, you know, the year that they kind of, yeah, that team with uh, Jacoby Wright going leaving and going to Fort Mill and some other kids, you know, leaving because they got rid of the coach who was there initially and Frank Hemrick. Uh when they bro- when that team kinda of broke up, you know, I got a call uh from his dad and you know, his dad was talking to me about, you know, Hey, how do you feel about my kid possibly coming to South Point and you know, if I you know, is he zoned for here and you know, he lives maybe three miles away from the school so which was good and we brought him in for a workout over the summer and within the first five or ten minutes and I told his dad this kid can fight for me right now I thought he was special man and when he came on campus as a freshman if I don't have him on the team I don't make the playoff that year you know and and just watching his growth and trusting his decision-making, his IQ for the game, his feel for the game, and just watching him grow. Um, I've been thoroughly uh, impressed. I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's uh, under-recruited. I think think teams, people are not paying attention to all the things that he he could bring to the table. And that's due to football, because he's a really good football player. He's a two-sport kid, but he loves basketball. And I would like to see that, you know, teams are, well, will take some interest and in start looking at him as a basketball player as well. I mean, this kid, this kid has been an all-region player since he stepped on campus, and I've turned the keys over to him. I trust him, and I think my decision to trust him has truly pay, paid off. I mean, he's a kid that was averaging 15, 5, and 6, and 2. I mean, he just he just does everything for this team, and and he's a kid that Wants to win, so he doesn't take a bunch of shots to do it. You know, he try to play with the, with his teammates, and I, I'm I'm really impressed by that. You know, young kids nowadays they feel like they got to get 30 and 35 points a game to for you for their team to win. But this kid doesn't think that way.
1: Well, it looked like to me he spends more effort on the defensive end, which I I got to believe as a coach that just thrills you. I mean, his defense was <laughs> intense the whole time, especially against Hilton Head. I to me, that was the difference maker.
0: Yes, him and I think you know him and Wayman generate a really good, a really good backcourt. They create, they cause so much problems because they're big guards, they're big guards who can rebound and and quick and can move their feet. And a lot of that contributes to uh, playing, being able to play football as well and having a physicality, along with their athleticism and their speed. I mean. From day one, that's all we stress is our defense because we got to be able to defend. Because I, I I know there's point in time we were a very good three point shooting team. We didn't shot we didn't shoot the ball very well, but we needed to defend to give ourselves a chance. And that was the the speech all year. You know, give ourselves a chance, just defend. If we ain't making shots and we getting stops, we're still in the game. I would always say that in the huddle. So I think that that kind of got drilled in their mind. You know, we got get a stop, get out in transition, let's get some easy baskets. And that's the way we we play.
1: What's one or two more of your players that maybe don't get enough credit um, for helping you win a state championship this year?
0: Christopher McCover, my little point guard. Uh, He came over and he did not start the season. Uh, About midway through the season, he earned a starting spot and – Raymond, also, who decided to take the step back and come off the bench so that we can be a good team and, and have a nice rotation. I mean, those two kids, they, they were a huge part of, of our success and really unselfish, and they played hard. I mean, you know, Chris, he's a guy that we're able to take Quan off the ball and let Quan rest a little bit, and he can run your team. And he made good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over. So if you got a kid like that, you know that just settles your team down, and there's, there's no stress or worry on my end as far as him turning the ball over or anything like that.
1: Well, I know that's a, that's a high compliment coming from a point guard like yourself to to give to another guard that you feel comfortable that they're not going to turn the ball over. So tell me, right. when during the season did you feel like, or before the season did you like, you know what? We can we can really win a state championship.
0: Right after the run game last year, I thought we had a team that could win it. I thought we we had win, uh down fourteen in the fourth quarter, and they ended up pulling it out uh, down the stretch. You know that my uh, guy was able to make some plays along with the guard that they had under the tents and they were able to pull it out in the end and win by one point. I thought our inexperience caused us to lose that game and uh, and having all those guys coming back and only losing two seniors that contribute as much as they did. I thought we had a shot. And uh, to me, I told the kids that, you know, you can do something special this year, but you got to do it together. You got to play as a team. And, you know, they believed in the rest. Once it started coming together and it started yelling at the right time, it just kind of took off.
1: Well, I, I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of background. Uh, you were in our region last year in the 2019-2020 season, and we mm-hmm. started the region off, and I believe you said you started off in the region, I think, one and four. And, right. And then the second half of the region, you went four and one. Now, right. in that one and four time, it wasn't like y'all were playing bad. First of all, the region was really good. If I'm not mistaken, you, yeah. took, you took Ridgeview to stay champion two overtime, even during that first go through the region. Right. Yeah,
0: the, the first time playing Ridgeview, we went into double overtime and lost, lost to them at home. And then uh, at their place, we ended up losing by six or seven at their place. Um, I know we had, like you say, we we were playing good ball, but we weren't playing as a team. I thought we had too many individuals, and we didn't have enough trust in one another to for for us to do our jobs, to give us a chance to be really good and win games.
1: Well, I was going to say to our detriment at Westwood, y'all, when we were fortunate to beat y'all the first time through, but the second time through y'all, y'all played outstanding. And, you know i could tell going into the playoffs you were a team that was not going it was going to be very difficult and you made it very difficult for ren who ended up playing for a state championship that year yes, and yes and so, exactly and for you to carry that team over to make a to make the jump that you made from last year to this year was was really incredible and to do it i mean you know the the route you went through the playoffs was was really was incredible too i mean your second round you rewarded with getting to play, if I'm not mistaken, it was A.C. Floor, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, and, and Greer was tough at home. Yeah. I mean, the big kid, Skinner, I mean, he he was such a problem, you know, just trying to get him out of the hole and end up beating Greer by seven points, and it was a closer game than seven points. We were able to pull it out at, uh, towards the end. I mean, it was, it was, you're right, it was a tough game, and Going to play, playing grid a first run. I think they were ranked number eight at the time and didn't have to play the number one team in the state at home. And then turn around and playing Greenville, who was the number four or, or, or three, three ranked team in the state. So, yeah, we, we, we had a tough road. And those those kids, you know, we just gelled and it just came together but right at the right time. I think the AC floor team, Game really pr- propelled us to really feel like we got a shot because I was in t- and to be honest I was anticipating you know seeing Earl Moore as well you know I know they had they had us uh, flip up in the first round and that's uh, actually yeah. usually the uh, characteristic program and and like I said it, it, it's look sometimes you get the right matchup so
1: oh yeah I great I mean you
0: know not yeah right you're not not having to play against you know that zone that they are uh, accustomed of, of running and that creates a lot of problems. And, you know, at the time, we were struggling shooting the ball. So it was it was just, you know, right matchup, a little bit of luck, right timing, ball bounced our way and we were able to win the state championship.
1: When was your first year at South Point as a head coach? Uh, 2011. 2011. Now, w- yep. what do you remember about that team? <laughs> when in the first game, against Clover at home and then losing the next 10.
0: <laughs> 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 so by Christmas time, we were like one in 10. And then we got one kid eligible that was huge in PJ Heath. And then we ended up winning 12 straight to win the reason and going to the second round and losing to Barrera by one. And then the program just kind of took off from there.
1: Well, I think it's a great testament to how much you've worked, and you know you've. You, now is uh, have you coached anywhere else besides South Point? No, just South Point. I, I thought it was there the whole time. Well, let's just tell some of our listeners. Tell me about some of your your the, the best players that you've been had to privilege, of, whether as an assistant or as a head coach, to to coach while at South Point.
0: Oh man, the first person that comes to mind is Stefan Gilmore. Was really good. Uh, Nancy Miller, um, Trey Irby, Jadavion Cloney, uh, Anthony Johnson, Tyrese Bryce, PJ Heath, and now Quan Peterson, uh, and I can't forget about DK, I can't forget about, uh, BJ Davis. And the entire 2016 team was awesome. That, I mean, that that entire team was really awesome. I think that team went on to lose to Seneca in the third round by three. Uh, that year, we lost the first five games and then went on a 19-game winning streak. So that team was really good. I really enjoyed coaching that team, but we came up a little bit short.
1: Have did you get a chance to hear from some of your former players after winning the state championship?
0: Uh, yes, yes. A lot of my players had texts, reached out, and some of them even were there. You know, Um Darion Kendrick, he was there. Um, you, know, you know, a lot of my former, uh, Nick McCloud, he was there. A lot of my former players texted and said, Congratulations, and you know, all deserve it. We're really happy for you, coach. So uh, we couldn't do it for you, you know, things like that. And that meant a lot. That uh, really meant a lot to me because those kids, you know, they were special. And my Marvion Marley, Marbley, he was one of another kid that I that I can't forget about. I think that team had lost to Kevin Mack at the buzzer at home. But we've we've had some tough breaks. Like we were right there on, a, on the when the was doing some really good things at the school but as always we just had some tough breaks along the way. And this year, you know, it's just been special. But it's it, it was really great to hear from the former players and Former assistant principals and 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 principal was really good to hear from them.
1: What's something cool that maybe happened to you since winning a state championship, or anything y'all have gotten a chance to do, or anything interesting that since you've had the, you know, since you since you took the whole thing and won it?
0: Um, for me, as as just being personal. Having uh, another principal at another school to email, he's a, a superintendent now, to email me and said that he was really proud of me and was really happy and well-deserved. And he appreciate what I was doing. He's, he's watched my team over the years and just see the development of the program and, and giving it the compliment that he did. That really was special to me. Uh, great guy. Uh, everybody loved work, working for him, and you know he wasn't my principal. I didn't work for him, but just to hear that another principal who's now in the superintendent of a district to reach back out and send me an email like that—that that, that meant a lot.
1: Uh, that's. I think that's an absolutely tremendous. Um, yeah. What do you got coming back next year? What do you, What are you looking forward to? You know, you, you know, I know you're, are you, have you, have, are you just going to wait for a little while next year? Or are you already excited about it? Or what, what are you thinking about? Um, I'm
0: excited about next year. We're, we're going to lose some kids. Um, I, I'm not going to have as much, uh, many return as, as I thought I was going to. I'm going to leave, lose my second leading scorer and my second leading rebounder. He's going to transfer out. And, um, We have some reserves that won't be back next year. And, you know, but I'm excited about my JV group. Um, I have two young kids that were part of this journey who saw how hard it is to get to that point and how hard you have to work. And they're super talented. Um, It's just a matter of getting them experience and, you know, just... Bringing those kids along with four returning, or no, I'm sorry, six returning guys from this year's team. I think I'm, I think I'm still be competitive. And to be able to have a shot to repeat, it just depends on how, how fast the young kids can mature and develop throughout the season. So I'm already looking forward to next season. I'll put this season to rest a little bit. And looking, how looking at different ways of how I'm going to form the team for next year.
1: Well, you're certainly not going to sneak up on anybody next year. The, the bull—the <laughs> bullseye will, will firmly be on y'all's back. Uh, I'm from sure now on. of
0: it. I, I'm sure of it. I mean, and our league, our league was, I thought, was competitive. I think Catawba Ridge is going to be a team that people should watch out for. They're going to be well coached. they got great size. I think they're going to be pretty good, and I think I, I think AC4 is going to be in the hunt again, and that and we touched on it a little bit. Irma will definitely be in the mix of it with those two kids that they have, who are really good. Um, so and Greenville won't be competitive. He always puts together a competitive team. So you know, I I, I know that it's not going to be easy. I know that we're going to have a bullseye on our backs, and you know we're just going to. We just want to conduct ourselves the same way we did this year. You know, take it one game at a time and just compete and whatever happens happens. But as long as my kids compete and play hard, you know, we I'm 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 good with that.
1: Well, your league was certainly even difficult this year with who you had with yeah. Lancaster I thought was really good as well mm-hmm. and you know, four A as a whole was it, it, it was it was a difficult uh, thing. All right, I want to end this podcast with just a couple of fun questions, maybe a little bit from your past, uh, especially from your playing days, just to let people know who who don't. Uh, you know, you played at the University of South Carolina uh, from nineteen ninety four to ninety eight, and you there just happened to be a student manager there. Me, during with you during yeah. this time. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is the one game, is there one game that you remember as maybe your favorite game you played or favorite memory during your time there at Carolina?
0: Yes, and it's before you guys got there, before B.J., Goldman, and everybody came in that class. It was, uh, Stack and I was on the team that year with Andy Bostick, Peter Van Elsbeek, Gary Rich, we were all uh, on that team, and I believe we we were in Alabama. We played at Alabama, and they had McDice, McCaffrey. You know, NBA first round picks, lottery picks, guys. Very good. And you know, very good. I mean, after you can't even see the room when you drop the ball, and and uh, I remember sitting on the bench. I think at this time we were probably down like thirty three points at this point. And and I I have the towel on my lap, and I just kept looking up at the scoreboard, I'm like Godly. Like and coach fullwell looked at me and said, "Are you okay? And I was like, hey, coach, I can't be by thirty. He's like, Ah, it's okay he, you're gonna be fine, and I looked at him like, It can't be by thirty. How am I gonna be fine and he was like, Look, we're gonna turn this thing around. We're gonna be okay, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, coach, you just <laughs> I appreciate the pep top being down thirty three but this thing, yeah, This is not working and uh you know, just just seeing his vision coming forward and doing it with South Carolina kids—that that's my best memory. He's just bringing on kids like BJ and Goldman and Bud Johnson and those kids who were Herbert Lee and Antonio Grant and, and Ricky Snicks. Those are all South Carolina kids. Yes, who who were brought in and they changed the program around and and took it to it, the heights that we did. I mean, that memory, and I know if Kerry Rich is listening, I know he's going to laugh about this. <laughs> that memory and the memory of playing North Carolina in the Tournament of Champions. Oh. And we got beat by
1: 60. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do, do you remember the bus afterwards? <laughs> yes, I was on the bus crying, and Rich just like, what's wrong with you, man?
0: I'm like, man, I just played bad, I like, man, he was like, yeah, you was working on that triple-double, 10 turnovers, 10- <laughs> <laughs> so just remembering that moment, and Coach Lebo coming on the bus and just going off, I remember that moment, and, I, and, and, and that kind of changed me as a player, too, even though, you know, uh, Cap had, you know, made some jokes and stuff about it, you know, the next day in practice, you know, like, hey, yo, you have games like that. You know, you just got to keep playing. Like, his leadership was really big for me, being young, and just having my first year playing collegiately at that level. He was huge, man.
1: Yeah, those were uh, those were some great learning experiences, even though they didn't yeah. feel great when you're getting whipped like that. but
0: Right, uh, right. I, I know everybody just remembers, you know, I was wondering – the SEC championship beating Kentucky twice. and You know, they remember those moments, but I, I remember, you know, just getting beat by 30 and 40 and 50 points because that year, Florida just, like, coming out for a Final Four run, Arkansas just won it. Kentucky was Kentucky. Alabama was really I mean, Mississippi State with Eric Dampier. I mean, that. That league was really, really tough during that time. LSU was really good with uh, Livingston, Randy Livingston. Like that, that that league was really good. Was, I think people don't understand how good SEC was back
1: then. It was super good. And, and if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. in that Arkansas game we played them your freshman year, we were actually winning at the half. If I'm not mistaken, at the half. Yeah. And, and, second, and guys, just, it's the, like they flipped the switch. The second half was a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> <laughs> and it really was. It was like, yeah, we're
0: up. If I got the car oh, we lost by 30. I said, how we was up and lost by 30?
1: <laughs> yes. That, those are certainly some things. Now, what are some things, one last question for you. You know, I know Coach Lebo, Jeff Lebo is now coming back in the coaching and going to be an yes. assistant coach at the University of North Carolina. What did mm-hmm. you take from him as a coach? Oh, man,
0: just Keeping the game simple. Fundamentals of getting to spots on the floor and how to read the defense. I mean, he, it got to a point where it was just muscle memory. Like, I can ball fake, get to the paint, come over ball screen, just throw it to a spot, and Larry and BJ or Herbert Lee or Antonio Grant, they were just there. And all that came from just watching film with him and, you know, he's teaching me about rotation of, of defense when you get to certain spots on the floor. And, you know, the game kind of just started opening up so much because I used to be like a downhill type of key, like get it to the basket. If I can't, I'm looking to drop it inside to the bigs in tight spaces. He taught me how to get to that, that gray area where you jump stop, pull up, nice little floater shot, or just to kick out to your shooters. Uh, he just he, – I, I guess more just, just reading it a whole lot better, just being a really good solid point guard and making the game easier for all my teammates.
1: He, I th- always thought he was an outstanding coach, and I still remember yeah. our penetrating pitch drills he used to do and down flare through kicks workouts that that he came right. up with and thought he did a really good job. Well, Coach – you know, it, it was so good to have you on the podcast. I appreciate your time very much. And, you know, it was an honor to have you on, and it was just great as a friend to to see your team succeed this year and, and see you win a state championship. So thank you so much for your time today.
0: Oh, No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Combs. You know, you guys, like you said, we've, we've developed a friendship that will last a lifetime and that we can share a lot of memories together. So you know, it was always a pleasure to come on and just catch up with you and, and, and talk and chop it up about basketball. It's always great.
1: Well, thank you, Melvin. I, I really do appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to the Ball Meadows State Podcast. We would love to connect with you on social media and hear what you think. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by going to at Balmetto State. Thank you for investing your time with us.